Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? It's me, Steve Ag. Welcome to episode eighty-seven of Steve Ag uh, with my guest Dan Telfer, uh, who you may know from another podcast. I was a brief uh, member of called Nerd Poker, which is a D and D podcast. Uh, it was brought to you by um, my good friend and former TV husband Brian Posehn. Um, they've rebooted it so you can now catch Dan back on nerd poker. Uh, we talk about that in this episode and we plug it at the end of the episode so you can find out more information on that when you stick around and listen to my friend, Dan Telfer. Uh, Dan also works at, uh, at midnight, which is where we recorded this episode. Um, I went in and did an episode yesterday um, with, uh, my friend Andre Vermeulen and my new friend, Ken Jennings, who you may know as I believe the most winningest contestant in Jeopardy history. Very smart guy. Unlike yours truly. <laughs> um, and by the way, I guess there's no spoilers because the episodes already aired. Uh, if you want to watch it, you can go, go back, um, push pause now, <laughs> but, uh, Ken won the episode. So it appears there's no game show that Ken Jennings cannot win. <laughs> uh, so that's about it. Uh, I don't have a lot to, um, plug right now. Guardians of the galaxy is out in theaters. You can go see that. Um, I am doing a show. Oh my God, it's coming up really soon. I'm doing a show, uh, July. Oh no, no. June 3rd at the Hollywood improv, my show baked with Brendan small and, um, it's music and comedy. We've been doing it for about three years or more. And at this point, oh my God, that's so crazy. We've been doing the show for so long. So come on out. That's, uh, the third June 3rd. Uh, that's a Saturday night, and I believe it's the uh, late show, the 10 or 10.30. So you can go to the Improv and find uh, tickets for that, or you can uh, look us up on Twitter. Um, myself and Brendan will both be plugging the show. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. I believe our account is Baked. Oh, fuck, what is it? <laughs> baked Show. Anyway, look, just find find it through Brendan and myself. <laughs> this, is, this is three minutes of what should have been a 30-second intro. <laughs> 
anyway, uh, I want to thank Dan for doing this episode and I want to thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoy it. And I hope to catch you next time. Thank you. Of course, every water-based molecule in the human body would immediately crystallize due to the temperature. Keep going. You know, people like to say you implode or explode in outer space, but it's really, you know, your, your body tissue becomes fragile and starts to break apart. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, this it's is um, science. Are you big into science? I am big into science. I, I forget a lot of facts, but I have obsessively researched so much. I know a lot of obscure pseudo facts. I know that, um, by the way, we're recording now. Great. That when they were doing that movie, was the Danny Boyle space movie? Sunshine? Yeah. I love that movie. It's got a terrible ending, but it's really they, cool. Um, he originally was like... I want it to be black. He's like, I just want space to be black. And then um, when he started looking at footage, you know, VFX footage of the ship out in space, they, it was like, oh, you can't tell the ship's moving. <laughs> He's like, oh, I think they put stars in the background so you to give it depth and like, yeah. <laughs> so it just looks like something in darkness. You can't tell it's in space. So he had to change, change space. So that's my knowledge of science. <laughs> I, when I was uh, a kid, my parents knew I loved outer space. And so <laughs> they recorded the movie Space Camp on VHS for me. Do you I ever see that movie? I don't know what that is. It's a movie where uh, a bunch of kids go to space camp, I think in Florida. I hate talking about movie facts uh, on a podcast because then everyone tweets at you like how you're oh, wrong about them, that. Dude. This is just a pre-warning. I don't give a shit. Uh, but like they accidentally get launched into space. Like, like they're on like a rocket as tourists as That's a space, good premise. space camp. Yeah, it is. But I had so many nightmares from watching that movie because all I could think about is like how the movie was like afraid and how those kids could, they kept hyping up like, Oh, these kids could die in outer space. Yeah. That's all I could think about is dying in outer space for like a year. Would you ever, you know how they they keep talking now about man missions to Mars to colonize Mars, which would be a suicide mission, you know, right? Yeah. You don't come back. No, that takes too long. It takes years to get there. Yeah. You go there and you die there. Yeah. Would you do that? If you weren't um, married and had kids. Right. Cause that, that changes everything like, like I would totally do stand up comedy in the middle East. The first, if comedian. I wasn't married and had kids. But because I am, it's like, hell no, I'm not going to. You can be the first comedian. You can be yeah. the first oh, person to do stand up on Mars. I, 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 I'm just such like a depressed person and <laughs> like my family like fuels me yeah. like and keeps me sane sometimes. Yeah. And, you, you know, I'm not like putting it on them in a codependent, like unhealthy way. It's just like they're a part of my reality web now. Right. Like if I was single and 38 years old yep and had pursued a life as a comedian i would probably be way more like agoraphobic and and panic ridden yeah and uh if you told me i could go to outer space i'd be like of course <laughs> like what, what i don't think i would ever volunteer to go to space no it scares the shit out of me it scares the shit out of me, but in a, like I feel the same way about like going deep underwater. Like if I had nothing to lose, who gives? Like I, you know, that's it's different. You you also have a girlfriend who you care about, so yeah. that probably makes you feel different about being alive in some way. <laughs> I just in general, if I was still single, I would just 
that scares me. It, there's so much that could go wrong. And uh, just the fact, like, what if I get a kidney stone when I'm in space and I'm like, well, having going to fucking help this? Having, I think having had cancer uh, twice has greatly affected my willingness to do crazy shit. And because I have a family, it's it's sane. But again, if I was single and I had the wisdom I do now of like staring yeah. down the abyss of cancer, like yeah. I think I would be like, what's death? I don't want to. So it hasn't made you more like, I got to live my life more. And it kind of has. Yeah. But like also it gives you enough. It, it humbles you enough that I, I, I think you have to be a little more narcissistic than I am to develop like right. a, a sort of type A alpha confidence. I have a friend who's like super hypochondriac and neurotic about medical stuff. And um, recently his wife and him had a kid. And I was like curious because I've heard a lot of times people who have kids, it kind of just they stop worrying about themselves because now they have a kid to worry about. And uh, so I asked him, I was like, now that you've had this kid, this kid's like a year or two, year or two old now. I'm like, how's your hypochondria and your neuroses? He's like, it's worse than ever. It's still the same. <laughs> He's like, it didn't it didn't it didn't change at all. Yeah, it, it, I definitely have like, uh, what feels like a truer and more deep depression, but like, I don't have, like, I also, uh, like my, my, my brother committed suicide in 2001, like 16 years ago. And that also changed the way my brain oh, yeah. deals with that shit because I had suicidal thoughts like from, from the moment I became sentient up until I was 21. And then Holy my brother, shit. my brother, uh, was like less than a year younger than me. And when he killed himself, it was just like, Oh, like I couldn't do that to my family. I can see how irrational of a choice it is. In a very and he always way. had depression. Yeah. Yeah. And he was a really, like a really different personality than me. So like when I saw that he would be depressed, I thought of it as like an alien kind of depression. Like, right. Like, Cause he, he was nerdy like me, but in a very like more like closed off alcohol like kind of way and uh i've had i've had thoughts of of suicide in the past you know dealing with depression but it's always my parents that i that i was always like i can't i can't because of my family i can't kill myself right. because <laughs> i would well, even and, though and, i'd be dead it would fucking destroy him yeah and i think i think um i'm 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 uh I'm a big fan of whatever stops you is good. Yeah. Cause nobody it's, it's silly unless you're in like a ridiculous amount of pain, like Robin Williams, where I was like, yeah. where when you saw the kind of dimension that he had, it was like, Oh, of course, like he was falling apart. Yeah. And also after my dad died, I was like, I'm more cautious now. Cause I'm like, Oh, I can't die before my mom. I'm like, my mom's alone now. And like, I, I can't, I, I'm I'm always wearing my seatbelt now. I, I drive the <laughs> speed limit. I'm like I can't, I can't die. I can't die before my mom. Not that I hope she dies soon, so I can be reckless again. <laughs> right. Um, you just seen some shit now, man. I've I've been in the shit. You should do. I do a, a podcast with Busy Phillips called We're No Doctors. It oh yeah. It hasn't launched yet. But it's the two of us talking about medical issues and stuff. Oh, wow. I have plenty to talk about. about yeah, you should issues. come on that. Um, 
yeah, it hasn't launched yet. We've recorded two so far. We're going to wait till we get six or seven before we launch it. Cool. Um, I would be super interested in listening to it. Because we're both hypochondriacs and we talk about all our medical fucking bugaboos. Yeah, I'm a germaphobe, but like I, I, I don't know what it is, but I, I don't, I'm not like a, a neat freak all the time. Like I, 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 I'm a really cluttered person. Yeah. I'm really scatterbrained. And I think I, if I, if I weren't so scatterbrained, I would be able to be this amazing perfectionist. Is your wife scatterbrained? No, no. She's unbelievably organized. And, uh, th- every time I do something like forget a really obvious fact or task, she's like, are you serious? That's how my girlfriend is. She is so on the, I've never met. I love this about her, but I've never met someone so on the ball and just together and like functional and like get shit done. And she's smart. And I'm just like, I've, I've turned into like when I'm around her, I feel like I'm a dad in one of those goddamn, you know, Nickelodeon shows where it's like (laughs) every father you see in a commercial or on, you know, Disney channel is the dumb buffoon. Yeah, I I've I've noticed in marriage that I have taken on some traditional buffoon husband traits and it bothers yeah. me because I'm not I like I don't relate to like anything masculine ever. Yep. But then all of a sudden I'm like dumb dad. Dumb husband. Yeah, I I I don't like sports. That's not fair. <laughs> I don't like I'm always <laughs> careful to think now when I'm talking to her on the phone before I answer quickly because I'll always say something dumb and I'm like, oh man, she's going to realize soon that she's dating the biggest idiot in the country. <laughs> like, I think she thought I was smart when we first started dating. Now it's like, ugh, this guy's a numbskull. Did you try to make her think you were smart? Did you try to drop knowledge around? No, I wasn't trying. She's smart. She's together. I wasn't trying to be smart. I think what happened was we met on a movie and uh, we were working on a movie together. And so I was just always trying to be funny, not overdoing it and always beyond. But my biggest, my biggest goal while I was doing that whole movie was just to always make her laugh. I didn't care about (laughs) making the director laugh or the crew. (laughs) And she was, she was the makeup the head makeup artist on the show. Yeah. So I was just always I saw, like, I saw, I gathered from your Instagram that she was, I was yeah, always like, Oh man, makeup person. I, I want her. Cause she's got a really great sense of humor. You know, she gets me. So I was always like, I want her to laugh. She is the one I want to laugh the whole time. But I also didn't want to seem stupid. So I also watched what I said all the time. <laughs> I tried to impress her the whole... You told th- her not to listen to Nerd Poker. The whole goddamn time. No, I don't think she's... Li- I don't even know if she listens to these. Um, she's not a podcast person. Yeah, I love podcasts. I uh, do too. I go to I sleep like a, listening to podcasts. I have a two-hour train commute both ways. And if I'm lucky, one of the... Um, it's two hours to hear by train. Well, I that's that's what sucks is like it's, it's like a 20-minute train ride transferring to another 20 minute train ride and then like a 20 minute bus ride. But in between I could be standing on any platform or street corner for like an hour. Yeah. 
so it, it, jesus it's, christ it's stupid it's not that bad but uh yeah i mean work is work is work it's always yeah. good to have work it's worth it to work on a tv show and I'm, by the way I, I am talking to dan telfer my friend and oh hello former nerd poker uh we weren't hosts we were we were uh secondary cast members yes we went into Brian Posehn's Nerd Poker, which is a D&D podcast, which is back up and running. You should check out. Um, Hopefully you will come back. I would love to come back. I was filling in for Jerry Duggan, who... Uh, awesome comic book writer. Very funny guy. TV writer, too, I believe. By the way, I was... The other night, I was out with some friends, and there was a producer on the movie I just worked on, and I was out with two of the guys from the movie, and this producer on the movie... The whole time we were shooting, I think he had rented a Vespa in Palm Springs. So he's this like middle-aged guy, really nice dude. He's super awesome. He's riding a Vespa all over the place. And it was just, there's something kind of funny about that. And so while we oh, were... they're ridiculous vehicles. There's uh, definitely something. Terribly right. dangerous too. So while we were having dinner, I was telling these guys about this fake red band trailer that jerry duggan had cut for larry crown have you seen that <laughs> no dude <laughs> you the concept is beautiful and everyone listening to this podcast needs to hit pause go do we need do we need to like pause so i can pull it up on my phone real quick you can pull it up right now and i'll just keep talking all right and we can record your reaction right in jerry duggan larry crown trailer uh, so our friend Jerry with the G G G E R R Y Duggan D U G G A N made a, a trailer. He took the actual trailer from Larry crown, which is a Tom Hanks and Julia Robert movie, Julia Roberts movie. Um, in the movie, I haven't seen it. Tom Hanks rides around on a Vespa the whole time. And so Jerry took this trailer, but he also intercut video like of, like Vespa accidents, security footage. Okay. Okay. Watch it now, Dan. Um, maybe put the microphone on your stomach where we can hear. Well, not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can do that. But I, I really want to hear your voice as you react, but that's a good spot for it. They said it's because I didn't go to college. Get you some knowledge and you'll be fireproof. You're never too old to learn. This is you the regular. How fast does it trailer. And Jerry intercut footage of accidents on Vespas, like security camera footage. <laughs> and it's like a three-minute trailer of <laughs> moped accidents. Find three different focal points. Start on one side, looking into the eyes of whoever's there. Hello. So anytime in the trailer, <laughs> anytime in the trailer, Tom Hanks is riding on the Vespa, Jerry cuts in accident footage. I'm sorry for making you guys listen to this, but it really is that funny and you should push pause. <laughs> By the way, really violent accident footage. Yeah, like this is upsetting. Like I'm sure people died in those accidents, right? Oh, there's a Mad Max uh, 
Yeah. Road Warrior. <laughs> the last shot is just a burning Vespa. <laughs> so, push pause or after uh, the uh, podcast, oh, I'm Google Jerry Duggan. Jerry has a G. Uh, Thomas Crown. Larry Crown. Larry Crown with an E. C-R-O-N-E. Uh, trailer. And he cut this trailer. And it's, oh, no. it cuts together perfectly, too. It is, I Part of my laughing was just like being upset in the first, <laughs> the first couple. It's actually the worst ones are in the beginning. Yeah. Like there's like 30 seconds of real trailer. And then all of a sudden two deaths. And then oh, they had to have been it ends on it ends on uh, Road Warrior and a burning Vespa and an accident where a guy survives and gets up. But like the first couple are like fatal. Clearly. It's brutal, man. Yeah. Don't that, trigger warning. <laughs> this is the faces of death. Larry. How did we? St- oh, yeah. So I replaced old dude I with Vespa. This all came up because I replaced Jerry on Nerd Poker, the uh, D&D podcast I was doing with Dan. That's how that came up. But, uh, yeah, uh, I just finished shooting an episode of At Midnight. I'm at what used to be Hollywood Center Studios and is now called Sunset Las Palmas Studios. Which nobody likes. No. It makes no sense because we're a mile away from the Sunset Boulevard. This is a very historic old studio in um, Hollywood. This is where the Marx Brothers made movies, Laurel and Hardy. They um, shot scenes from Sleepless in Seattle here. Is that true? Down with Love, yeah. I Love Lucy shot on the same stage that the Sarah Silverman show shot on. Um, I think Mr. Show taped some stuff. Mr. Here. Show taped here. Uh, so this is a very, there's a lot of history going back and it was, you know. Now there's tarps and stickers over all the Hollywood Center Studio signs. So I've always known it as Hollywood Center Studios. and um, But the person, the family that bought the studio once it went up for sale is the same family that owns a studio also in Hollywood called sunset Gower and sunset. There's another sunset studio. And so they just kept sunset in the name. It doesn't make any sense. It feels like if Starbucks bought Pete's coffee and changed it to like, like Pete bucks. Well, it's like when one of the, maybe it's not like this at all, but when a restaurant will buy an old Taco Bell. Yeah, or like a real estate company or, or like a, a a tax office will buy a, a Pizza Hut and like... Yeah, or, shape or, or a Winchell's Donuts. It's like the same sign and you're like, you cheap motherfuckers. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... You're fooling anybody. Like, it, it clearly looks like it used to be another studio and you just slapped a sticker on everything. Yeah, so that's where we are. I shot an episode of At Midnight and uh a very good episode finished go back on the comedy central website and watch this because this yeah go back to the website watch it um andre vermulen from angie tribeca is on it she's really funny and ken jennings was on it it was his first first episode ken jennings who's the most he's the most winningest person on jeopardy right if he isn't he was for longer than anyone yeah, he won like 74 episodes of Jeopardy in a row or something like that. Yeah, and he's written a bunch of books Yeah, about knowledge because he cares about... He's a very nice art. guy, and um, so he was on it too. And you can go back and watch it on the website. And I stuck around and I got lunch 
I guess, or would you call it dinner? This it's is dinner. Different. Everyone calls it lunch because that used to be when we would always it's get second meal food, but yeah. now it's dinner. Yeah. So I had dinner here on the lot with Dan and then I was like, I'll give you a ride home. Hell yeah. If man. you do my podcast. I like, you have the same car? No, I have a truck now. Oh, that's right. I remember that because you, you drove me and my wife home in the truck once. Yeah, I have a big ass truck. Hell yeah. Oh, uh, and we had um, churros. <laughs> they're, they're, I thought they were pretty good churros. They were warm, so that's half the battle. You ever get a churro and it's just crunchy? The ones and- at the LA Zoo are disgusting. They're giant. They cost 12 bucks. And the they're LA just, Zoo? They're like unfrozen churros. When was the last time you were at the LA Zoo? Last year. I went in uh, September. I went a couple times last year. I'm a member. I went to the Cincinnati Zoo in December. Was it December? Maybe it was November. I went with my girlfriend who lives in Cincinnati. And um, they have, you know, how around the L.A. Zoo here around Christmas and New Year's, they have the Festival of Lights. Yeah, they call it Zoo Lights. I've They had that at the Chicago Lincoln Park Zoo, too. So they do it, I guess, at a lot of zoos. They have they do it at Cincinnati Zoo, which is, I think, one of the top ten light. It's rated as one of the top 10 light festivals, I guess. The LA one sucks. LA one sucks. This one. Chicago we, one's fantastic. Yeah. My girlfriend went to, my girlfriend and I went to in Cincinnati and it was amazing. By the way, this is Cincinnati Zoo also where Harumbe the gorilla was killed. I, that's right. Yeah. And I had forgotten all about it until we're walking around. There's a statue to a gorilla. And I was like, oh, they gave him a statue. Yeah, dude. I go, oh shit. This is where that happened. This was where the little kid fell in the fucking gorilla in habitat. Never forget. Well, you can't now because there's a big ass gorilla statue. Jet fuel can't melt steel gorilla statue. <laughs> so we go to that and it's amazing. And now I follow the Cincinnati Zoo on Instagram. A lot of people are bummed out by zoos and I totally understand it. You know what? But some zoos. I have something to say about that, but please continue. Some zoos do really good work in they rescue animals that could not survive on their own in the wild. I feel like it's like a two prong like thing where like a people who hate zoos, uh, what you should really hate is the fact that most of these animals have literally nowhere else to go. And you should hate the reason they're in. <laughs> yeah, the you should, zoo. exactly. And two, the reason, yeah, the reason they are in the zoo is mostly conservation. Now zoos did start as a, as like a low key circus yeah like the history of zoos is terrible yeah but they've become a very different thing and you kind of can't get away with being a shitty zoo now without someone busting you like it gets put on the news a lot when people got these like yeah fucked up zoos and that's because yeah people shine a light on it my favorite zoos are the central park zoo there's the california science center in san francisco in Uh golden gate park is amazing it's got only a few animals but unbelievable portland zoo is pretty amazing yeah like there's really good ones and it's because they they build enclosures that look like they're made for the animals oh um henry vilas in madison wisconsin is really good like they they give a shit and it's scientists work there to try to take care of the animals and give them a habitat that will fit i'm all for it if they're rescuing animals i i I mean it's I, i i don't think there are zoos anymore that just capture animals to 
put them on display. Well, there right? are, but like they get they get they get in legal over. trouble. They get fined, and like there's a lot of laws in place. Which my they mother, should. My mother, I'll, 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 uh, my mother-in-law's a biologist, and she works a lot with animals, and she, she she's actually, a biologist. That's yeah, amazing. She, she knows a lot about like she does advocacy for like taking care of them. Um, Is she pro zoos? If they're good, environmental. If they're good, but there's a lot of people like her now. There, it's like yeah. a new. It's like a frontier job where like people are holding zoos and other animal care places accountable for if they want to have an animal around. Yeah. Just have an exotic. Animal. My my standard is always uh, great white sharks. Like great white sharks, amazing animals. They're a ridiculous creature. They're just giant yeah. meat chomping machines, right? <laughs> right. Uh, and people want to put them in zoos because they look fucking amazing. But every attempt to put one in an aquarium has resulted in them committing suicide because their body is just one big nerve ending. Like the, the sharks have a sixth sense in that their their sense of touch is is like sonar. Like they've got electrical yeah, yeah. pulses that they receive. It's not just that they can smell blood. That's why they say to punch one in the nose when it's right. attacking you. Right, because that's where they've got sensitive. the most nerve endings. Like they they can't just smell blood from a mile away. They can, they can feel a fish erratically swimming from a mile away. So like it's because of the way they receive electrical impulses. And if you put them in an enclosure smaller than a mile, they're going to short circuit. So they put them in all these huge tanks over the last hundred, 150 years. But every time they've tried, they've just bashed their heads in the wall till they commit suicide within like 24 hours. Yeah. So, holy shit. So it, to me, that's the standard. It's like, if this animal can be made happy in captivity, it's always on the people in charge of the animal to make it survivable, pleasant, yeah. and and as close to reality as possible. And I I I, I always like to look at the kangaroo ones too cuz like people think cuz kangaroos are lazy as fuck and assholes that they can give them like <laughs> small enclosures. So if you go to a zoo where the kangaroo enclosure is just a bunch of kangaroos lying around in a small space you'll think oh they're fine they're just lazy assholes yeah look at them laying around yeah. but if you put them in a big enclosure you can see the bigger the enclosure the more they hop around in a circle or look like they're migrating birds or something oh, no the way shit. they kind of like they start that. as a group just getting exercise but they need their their legs are so strong and their stride is so long that like one hop is like fucking 10 feet so i shouldn't so have those huge gaps in their so jumps. i should not have 30 <laughs> in your kangaroos in my garage yeah. <laughs> oh man yeah so i follow the cincinnati zoo's instagram account mainly because most of what they post is this baby hippo named fiona we have one in la a baby hippo yeah we do yeah the last time we went to the zoo was to see the baby hippo. And it was fucking amazing. I have a video on my phone I'll show you later. Oh, my God. I wonder if, if they have it on their Instagram. It was, it was, it's awesome because um, it bites the dad's butt a lot, like, playing. Yeah. And the dad will, like, get into a fight with it while the mom is just, like, watching and laughing. Holy it's shit. Because the hippos are pretty lazy unless they get provoked. And this baby hippo, because these things are it's playing, they're, they're they have so much energy, and it's hilarious. Yeah, Dude, these giant hippo jaws biting its dad's. Butt. Check out Cincinnati Zoo's Instagram. It's mostly totally vi video of Fiona the hippo, which they're all taken care of because its parents kind of rejected her. Oh man! So it's been like these these biologists or whatever raising it and teaching it how to 
swim and you know where to go in the water to be able to stand and eat and like so there's like the most amazing photos and videos of this little tiny hippo and it is fucking amazing i can't see enough hippo videos now even though those things as adults are terrifying and they're like one of the most deadly animals in the world that's true i think more people die from hippos than anything right well because they'll take they'll take a boat out and the hippos can have a pretty wide berth of what they consider their territory and people will be like oh if i take my boat down the other side of this river i'll be fine but the hippo will go underwater come up bite the boat in half rip off some legs and they'll bleed to death in the water oh shit yeah yeah they're not meat eaters though are they they just they're they're just mean they've they've evolved those giant jaws to protect their their families it's like triceratops man yeah they're deadly as hell but they're not gonna eat one of the latest videos on there is uh fiona is teething and so they're just like they're just rubbing her gums as somebody who's raised two children i can only imagine oh my god it's so fucking amazing one thing they they do uh i bet they do a variation of this at every zoo but uh They'll give like festive melons and shit to the they'll, they'll... festive melons. It's a great name for a band. But you know, like uh, for Halloween, they'll throw pumpkins at the hippos and they'll just crunch, like snap them in half and explode them Gallagher style. It's hilarious. oh shit, I haven't seen that. Yeah, they'll give them watermelons and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A good name. I'm throwing this out there for any female comedian for your next album could be festive melons, <laughs> and you're just holding. Like melons over your boobs, but like if it's Christmas, they're red. I feel like Lisa Lampanelli has already put this album out. No offense. Festive melons. Oh my god, I'm so tired. It's because have, have you had to do any press stuff for Guardians? Or no. Have you wanted to? Have you tried to like? I would go do, up to Chris Pratt and be like, "Hey, man, you need a <laughs> wingman for this junket." The only thing I, I guess, I would consider press for Guardians of the Galaxy was when we all went and did Comic Con last summer. Oh, you got to do that? We did it in character. Oh, you told me about this because the Ravagers came and like raided the panel or something, didn't? Yeah, they? Marvel had their whole giant panel, and then we all came in. And, in character and just kind of fucked with everybody. That's the closest thing I did to press. I have a really small part and it was cut. I mean, they cut a lot of lines and stuff and a lot of my stuff out, which I knew would happen because while we were shooting it, I was like, this is hilarious, but it's not crucial to the story. So I, I, you know, I wasn't surprised. I'm happy just to be included. Um, but yeah, there's no need for me to do press. (laughs) <laughs> I can't believe you haven't seen it yet. It's so good. I I, I don't get to see most movies until they've been out for a year, year and a half. Um, Unless well, they're terrible children's We'll movies. have to remedy this. I'll take you to see it. Let's do that, man. Because the last five movies I've seen are like fucking Boss Baby. Ugh, how uh, old are your Beauty kids? and the Beast. They're nine and five. And like my oldest daughter loves Star Wars, but she's also easily frightened. So like we don't get to see... <laughs> A lot of side, like she was. She's Have you seen both the new Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Well, like that, and that was like um, uh, Force Awakens. My my oldest Nova was like, I want to see that in the theater with you, and I was like, Hell yeah! You're only you know seven, but we're gonna go see Force Awakens on opening night, and so we got the like early tickets at an IMAX 3D, and we saw fucking Force. Awakens. Where did you eat? <laughs> <laughs> Ha ha ha!
Steve just ate uh, Blue Diamond Almonds bold. So right, right, right there, bold is not as highlighted as you'd want. Like it's kind of in a in a, in a yeah in a but it's in a, it's it's says bold. I think to let you know this is a line of flavors that could upset you. But it's wasabi and soy sauce. I'm I'm gonna eat one while you throw up in the bathroom. Hang on. Oh my god. Oh, hang oh on. My fucking god. Ugh. Oh, that's really bad. Did you eat one? Yeah, yeah. I you had a mouthful, so that's dumped different. a whole fucking mouthful of these gonna, blue diamond wasabi almonds. I'm gonna have a water. Yeah, I'm trying to quit soda. Oh, fuck. Wow. Oh no, I just spit it all over this plate of lovely <laughs> well, fruit. It's it's um it's craft services fruit, so it's gonna get thrown in the garbage anyway. There's some poor PA waiting outside who's like, Ugh, I gotta throw out AG's fruit. Why won't they leave? Oh my god. That literally took one bite. One or two bites, and then my tongue was on fire. Do you like wasabi at all? I hate wasabi. I like uh, wasabi peas at Trader Joe's. They're all right. I. That's not good though with the soy sauce. It's it, the taste is very gross. Oh fuck, man! My daughter's got this game um, called Bean Boozled. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> it's no. like the uh, Harry Potter every flavor beans, where like you spin the thing and then you eat these jelly beans. Where could each, be poop, right? Could, could be, be poop. Steak. Could be chocolate pudding. Yeah. Um. Or I think the dark brown is dog food or chocolate pudding. And so I kept getting dog food, and I was like, "This is the worst game I've ever played in my life." Dude, that was one of the most shocking things that has happened to me in a year. <laughs> I like Rogue One. That was really good. Um, I saw that by myself in England over the holidays and enjoyed it greatly. You know my favorite part of Rogue One? Hmm. Darth Vader comes in at the very end and fucks shit up. That was awesome as fuck. That was I one love of the- that. I've watched that on YouTube like a dozen times since oh, I saw the YouTube? movie. Yeah, you can. That, they've. I, if you, I think you look up uh, Vader's Rage, and like somebody put the HD cut of that scene, and it is so fun. I I've gotten in arguments with a couple of nerds who are like, "That's not Vader. That's not how he fights." In episode, I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." Suspend your fucking disbelief. He's fighting in like an old school samurai style with Ben Kenobi. That's like a. That's a style. It's not because he's an old cripple, you know, like and tired and all. Like you read too much into it. The dude can fight, and it's awesome to watch him tear up that hallway. It was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. I was with my friend Rob, and we were punching each other in the arm, just going, "Oh my god!" And did you like Vader's castle? I thought the design of that was really. It was. Do you ever like look at like old Ralph McQuarrie illustrations? Yeah. I grew up with, um, my dad had a poster of the Bounty Hunters in Cloud City and uh, in one of his drawings up on the wall. And I just yeah. love the orangey shit that yeah. he used to do. And he was so good at, at drawing those scenes. Apparently, there's a lot of it in the, in the Star Wars animated show Rebels, but I don't have Disney. So. Yeah, I liked Rogue One. It was weird knowing how it was going to end. <laughs> For everyone, yeah. basically. <laughs> Although, like, I did feel like when they killed everybody, I was lucky enough that I saw it before someone spoiled that for me that everyone was going to die. Yeah. I felt like this really, like, I felt like a great sense of, of like, oh, I watched this big budget movie and it had the balls to kill off the main characters. Yeah. Like, that, that is so 
I, I probably talked about it in a lot of casual conversations yeah. before I saw the movie. Like, oh, yeah, of course the main character had to live, blah, 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 for years. But it wasn't until I saw Rogue One that I felt like 15 years of Hollywood kind of go like, wow, that never happens. Ever, ever, ever do they, in a big budget movie, let that Yeah, happen. big budget Disney movie. But I, so great. It was really fucking good. I uh, I love K two S O. I I thought. Oh my god! I thought like Alan his, Tudyk. his design and voiceover were so good. Alan's Tudyk's. Uh, I didn't realize. I, I did you watch any of the special features? Yeah. I didn't realize. I mean, I thought that was all like. I mean, it mostly is all CG, but like that he was there on set wearing stilts, walking around. No, I was I like, guess not. I was like, wow, that's he was really there. He didn't just yeah. come in later and do a voice. Um, oh, he was that robot was amazing. I felt like the the production design of that movie was so good. So many of the elements look like you were watching a 1970s Star Wars movie. Yeah, the, the haircuts they did a great job of giving the Imperial officers big ass sideburns most of the time. And I've heard a lot of people complain. About Grand Moff Tarkin, I really had no problem with that. You know, I felt like it was a little weird, but uh, if I could give you another two prong <laughs> thing, like I felt like like bad things can still be enjoyable. Like I felt like it was the best CGI face I'd ever seen. Oh my god! Yeah, it still put me off a little bit, but I was like so impressed. I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna enjoy that." I get more. Grand Moff Tarkin because I loved that character yeah and it's what he's one of the most underused Star Wars characters if not the most because he dies in the first movie Mm -hmm. as the sort of secondary antagonist and like yeah and they I don't even think the Emperor is as well thought out as Grand Moff Tarkin is like he's and he's such a ah it was really good it was really good so I didn't mind that, and I thought honestly the Carrie Fisher Princess Leia was more upsetting. That bummed me out. That, that that didn't look right. I was like, that looks like a video game. Yeah. Well, her face. her pores were like too HD clear. I was like, mm. I'm pretty sure she would have had a couple of pimples nope. or something. <laughs> but like, um, uh, all that aside, Star Wars has always had goofy looking special effects from the very first movie. Yeah, they they because they take risks. If if you can't watch a space opera nonsense bullshit puppet show, and not be willing to like <laughs> chill show. chill the fuck out for two CGI characters, then what are you watching it for? Of course, there's going to be silly ass stuff like that in the movie. Of course, there's going to be. It's you know, what's it's the, awesome. What's the next one coming out? Uh, next May. I think? So a year from now. Yeah. We don't have one coming out at the end of the year. I don't think so, no. I think it comes out next May. I do like that they're trying to have one come out almost every year. I think it's that's amazing. gonna be great. That would have thrilled I me as a kid, you know. That would have thrilled me as a kid. A new Star Wars every year? Holy shit. Yeah. I mean remember that gap between Return of the Jedi and the special editions when like people started to forget what Star Wars even was and like yeah. It became just this old 70s movie and like yeah. like if you were playing with those action figures or seeing those movies in your formative years like it stuck with you it was like one of the best movies period and like i didn't consider myself a nerd 
but I was very socially awkward and didn't have any friends. And when I had free time, I was pretending that I was like, Oh, yeah. uh, what would be a character in that world? Like, I still, what aliens were also Jedi's. I was always letting my brain go all over. I the place. still now living in LA. Every time I drive past the Chinese theater on Hollywood Boulevard, I think of star Wars, a new hope. The first one, because Did you see it there. I saw it there when I was seven years old. Oh man. The first one came out the year before I was born. I lived in Chicago. My aunt took uh, me. I, f- I think she took me for my, my bir- birthday. The first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters was Jedi. Uh, my uncle took me. Yeah. My aunt took me and was then boosted way up to the ranks of my favorite relative right? ever for like for forever. You, you don't forget. Oh, my God. And at that point, I think they're footprints were already in the cement it was still playing there but their footprints were already like r2d2's footprints were in there darth vader's footprints it's Uh, it's yeah that must have been really cool i still think of it every time i go by the chinese theater i fucking still think of that wow so your daughter who's seven saw yeah oh oh i have a great story about that so and when she grows up, she'll kill me for sharing this story. <laughs> but she's very, she's very sensitive. She's this brilliant kid, like gets perfect grades. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's taller than all the boys in her class, just super athletic, but is very like easily affected by stuff. Mm-hmm. So I knew when I took her to this movie, there was going to be some sad moments. And even though nothing had been spoiled, there was a lot of internet chatter about spoiler alert han solo dying in the movie yeah so i had this feeling han solo was gonna die or a major character everyone was talking about which of the old characters was gonna die yeah people were speculating it was gonna be you know luke a lot too uh but i was like "Ah, she's gonna love this movie but in 2017 people love to kill off characters more than they did back then and back then they still killed off characters so this is Oh boy. And yeah. sure enough, when Han died, she was upset, but she powered through it and she didn't like, she cried, but she didn't like stop watching the movie, which was good. You never know with a seven year old, like if they're going to get me out of here. Right. Right. <laughs> so, but we made it through the whole thing and she loved it when, um, you know, and then, you know, of course, one of the big end scenes is when you sort of like the whole movie, you can't really tell who the real main character is. Cause Finn and Ray are both kind of like tandem main characters. Yeah, yeah. But when, uh, Finn gets his ass beat down, and then Ray is able to summon the lightsaber in yeah. her hands, and she kind of wins the final battle. I, I mean, there is nothing as cool as seeing that movie with a seven-year-old girl. Oh my and god! Having her figure out the hero is Ray, uh-huh. that she's the Jedi, and that like yeah. she's gonna save everybody. Like yeah. she was standing up and cheer, like I, the whole no theater. Way. Like That's there great. were tons of girls and women in this theater. And dudes, some, some dudes got up, but the women, like, you could hear this feminist roar of, like, <laughs> elation throughout the whole IMAX theater. Yeah. It's like people going, like, Ugh. what? Like, it, it blew people's fucking And it was so great to see a seven-year-old girl, like, get that sense yeah. of, like, oh, Hollywood can do this. So, for what it's worth, if that was really cool. But then, as we're leaving the theater... Uh, we're walking past because we saw the 7 p.m. like very first showing on the Thursday. And there are all these people in line for like the 10 o'clock midnight showings around the block. We had waited in line. This was the IMAX in Alhambra on Main Street. 
we had waited in line around the block forever. And we finally got in and saw the movie come out. There's still a line around the block. And as we're walking past them, she starts to tear up. And she yells, no. Why did Han Solo have to die? Oh, my God. Did you scoop her up and run away? Oh, yeah, bro. Oh, my God. I. Uh, oh, my God. Dude. I like the whole line was full of people in costume and like in like fucking Boba Fett hoodies. And they were all chattering and doing bits and joking about like how they were really there to see. uh the chipmunks movie and just like there there it was all loud nerdery and the second my daughter said it the whole line went deathly silent like it was it was as if like a a whole like theater of coldplay fans heard the sound cut out it was as though a million voices died it was like alderaan bro uh and, I felt a disturbance I have never felt. And so like I and when we were leaving the theater, you know, as a nervous person, I kind of was worried something like that was going to happen and knew oh she was sensitive and God. I was kind of glancing at the line and thinking we should hurry to the car cuz I was like, oh, the the Han thing is going to come up. And then when she yelled it, like my, I got such adrenaline laser focus on my daughter and was like i can't look at the people in line i can't look at the people no, I, no. they will they will kill me so i was just like oh honey we gotta go oh, let's go so we just ran to the parking lot and got in the car and i i i, I just kept talking to her like oh you're gonna be okay honey don't worry it's still a good movie right it's still a good movie <laughs> and like just trying to like not i was trying to keep talking because i didn't want her also to hear a, a 45 year old nerd yeah like cursing her existence or trying to ruin something else oh, <laughs> like yeah yeah she has no concept of what spoilers are you know she she does but it's also like when you're seven and you just you're still kind of the center of the universe no matter how hard your parents try to teach you empathy like you're still kind of like I was affected by this thing and that's the only thing that's happening right now. So it's not that she didn't know spoilers so much as she was just like <sighs> so crushed because she'd seen the original trilogy. Oh, and she cared about all these characters Oh, okay. and seeing all those characters again, like did get her excited, but she didn't cry much during the original trilogy. She loved it the whole time and was like, like me when I saw Jedi, when I was like four or five, my parents were worried I was going to freak out by the Rancor or some shit that was going to like piss my pants. But I walked out of the theater <laughs> going like, that was the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. So I figured my daughter would be the same as she was, but that was like a, a big, you know, the, my biggest problem with force awakens was after Han Solo died, after they get, leave that planet, the death planet or whatever. And they go back to the base Millennium Falcon lands and Chewie gets off and just walks right past Princess Leia. Yeah. I was like, come too, on, you know. come on. Did you hear JJ uh, Abrams responded to that and said it was a mistake? No, I didn't hear that. Yeah, And I, I'm glad he did. Cause it, it, it bummed me out. I was like, he she wouldn't hug. A hug. And then, yeah. yeah, I'm like, and also in general, Chewie should have just been destroyed. I did think that they did a good job of dealing with it in general. I thought like, like they, they made it really clear that it was like a suicide mission for Han when he hugged Leia and like they made you feel like, Oh, I'm emotionally ready. <laughs> Something yeah, horrible yeah. might be about to happen. And, uh, I thought that was a good, uh, setup. And then I thought, uh, 
the roar that Chewie does and getting to see him immediately shoot Kylo Ren in the gut with that thing they established as a really powerful crossbow yeah. thing it was like, oh, like that's revenge specifically meant for the audience. Like, I, uh, in the Harry Potter books, when, yeah. um, uh, you know, like, do you read all that shit? No, <laughs> uh, Ron, I've seen the movies, a spoiler, but Ron Weasley's dad dies, and then the evil, <laughs> the, the evil witch, yeah. Uh, Bellatrix Lestrange, uh, when she gets into a combat with Ron Weasley's mom, like she, she goes, you, I'm going to get you, you bitch or something. It's like the only time you say bitch in the Harry Potter books. Like a lot of people were affected by that and be as like a revenge thing. And we're like, yeah, oh, that yeah. catharsis needed to happen. And I felt like the whole theater was so happy. Harry Potter. Everybody who liked Kylo Ren as a character was still like, fuck you the second he killed Han Solo. And to see Chewie do this guttural scream and then just fucking shoot a missile into his, his fucking stomach was so such a relief. Like that needed to happen. Yeah. I liked it. Uh, other than him getting off the uh the ship and walking past Leia. I was he like, he said it was, a, he was like, yeah, he was like, I, I did it as a blocking error. Like I, I, blocking. yeah. Oh my yeah. He God. was like, I, I, I knew Chewie had to be getting off and I just set Ray there and it made sense that they would hug. And then after I watched the movie, it occurred to me, it maybe wasn't a good idea, but when I heard the <laughs> fan reaction, I was like, oh, I really did make a mistake. Fans are like, yeah, they, they made a big deal about that. And I totally felt the same way. It was a weird I thing to up. see. That movie looked so good. I mean, just I thought they did a really good seeing job. shit like X wings flying above the water and the water sprang and just visually it looked fucking amazing. It had no right to be as good as it was. I thought I, I had really low expectations. You did, yeah, yeah, because I I loved it and it was honestly the first time I loved a J.J. Abrams project. I don't wow. ha- I don't hate him, but I always feel like. He has really good stuff. And then in the end, I'm like, oh, that was all right. You didn't like the first Star Trek that he did? It was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. But I was still not a big Star Trek fan. So I feel like I almost liked it, you know, in a way that was just right independent of J.J. Abrams. Right. And just, oh, it was really cool to see Chris Pine and Zachary Kinto. And... I wonder if J.J. Abrams is rich. <laughs> The fucking shit he's done. He's got to be so fucking rich. Like, well, I, I, I wish I, I could like, get a tenth of his residuals. Don't you think Star Wars and Marvel have made Disney like even bigger than oh they've my ever God. been? Absolutely. Growing up, Disney was like this untouchable obelisk of Hollywood. But even now it's like, like I was, uh, do you ever listen to, um, uh, you must remember this. No. Oh, you would love that. Is that a podcast? It's a great podcast by this really good uh, movie critic named Karina Longworth. She is the girlfriend slash fiance, maybe, of uh, Ryan Johnson. Oh, wow. You know, Ryan Johnson is directing The Last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, and she does. It's the first hundred years of Hollywood's history. So she's all this golden age Hollywood stuff. She has great stories about like. Walt Disney and Whoa. World War II era, era Hollywood. And like Disney faltered with a couple of those animated movies. Like they were still a young studio and like they put out a couple of movies that critics were like, it's just like your last one. Who cares? Right. More princesses? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and like they, 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 they didn't make more move, more money until later. And like, yeah. but now Disney is like, holy shit. I, 
I remember when um, episode two was was just like flittering through the air. They were just finishing post-production episode one. They had auditions for Anakin Skywalker. And I was the perfect age. I was like 18 years old. So I was like, or like 20. And I was like, oh, I got to. That's amazing. I fought so hard and I got close, but I never got an Anakin audition. Oh my God. Like what my friend Brad got an audition and he gave, they like sent him a giant poster for auditioning of Jar Jar Binks. Of Jar Jar. Yeah. And, uh, what an insult. (laughs) But I was so mad I didn't get to audition for Anakin. It was, I was still young enough where I didn't realize being six foot five was going to ruin my chances as an actor and I should just be a stand up. But, um, uh, But like I tried so hard, right? I had an agent, yeah, and I I, I tried so hard, and I got close, right? Like they had a conversation, and they were. You had full an agent up. when you were eighteen, yeah. Holy and shit! I, uh, like I was in a Coke commercial. Whoa! Um, but um, like I just couldn't line it up. I was too weird, and and uh, didn't have enough credits, and and my agent wasn't as smitten with me as they would have needed to be to kind of wedge me into an audition, and um, yeah. And I, I think about that, and then I think about what it must be like to audition for a Star Wars movie now, where, like, for the love of God, I mean, y- you got to do a Marvel movie, yeah, and it, 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 that alone must have been super intense, right? Like, it was incredibly surreal. They're their own studio, and they're an arm of Disney. That's, yeah, Mar- Marvel Cinematic Universe is like more powerful than like new line now. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. And like, they're just an arm of a bigger production company. Yeah. They're fucking amazing. Who's fucking Who, someone really wants to talk to you. Who uses the phone anymore? Gross people. Text me. It's the same person texted or called me like two months ago. I didn't recognize the number. I, and then they, oh no, I recognize the name. I'm like, why would they call me? And then the message they left was, Hey, it's so-and-so. Uh, I need to talk to you. Give me a call. And I was like, Oh, it sounds important. I call him. Hey, I'm doing a show next month. You want to do my show? I'm like, <laughs> why could you not have fucking texted that to me? I, yeah, I used to really like talking to people on the phone and then like, my anxiety kind of like reminded me of why nobody likes to do it. I had a phone phone thing happen that was straight out of swingers in like 2015. And I was Uh like, I'll never do this again. I'll never call if I can help it. I will. I only answer the phone if it's like my girlfriend or like a family member sometimes. Yeah. I had someone cancel a meeting with me about being a writer on a show and they were like, oh, yeah, just call me. You know, we'll figure out a meeting. We'll talk about it. And I couldn't tell if I was up for it or not. And so I, I left this voicemail that was like, it had to have been the maximum length of voicemail it could be of just like, because uh, I was stammering. Uh, and I didn't know I would stammer. I just, in my head, I was like, I'll leave a really quick voicemail. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'll just leave a quick voicemail. It'll be real terse. And yeah. it just became this thing where my brain couldn't, talking to a, a square plastic device Ugh. and I was like so um 
we were gonna meet and uh it's cool you know like but uh i just really want to talk and like uh and i became so inarticulate i was oh my god that's fucking I wanted horrifying to kill myself because of course i never got a call back and of course nothing ever came of it and i was like Ugh. i do way better in texting than i do on the phone so like well me too i think yeah. most people do i think yeah. te texting went from being like I remember like in the mid 2000s where I was like, oh, you text? What are you, a, a teenager? Yeah. To like adults going, oh, this is, you don't have to talk to people. And you can edit your thoughts. You can read back and go, <laughs> oh, yeah, I can, uh, oh, I, sh I need to shorten that. That's way too crazy sounding. Yeah. If your text is more than one line long, then you've done something. Also, suspicious. I did, I worked on this really small movie out in Palm Springs the last two weeks and the cast was all really great. It was like, uh, an ensemble and so there's like six or seven of us and so we got an a text chain going you know so like every day you'd get like hey you guys want to go get dinner tonight and then but then it would be like half an hour of you getting texts on the same thing like yeah where are we gonna go i don't know how about this and then it's, your phone is constantly just you know ringing or beeping yeah getting alerts and now they're still, they are still texting. Like the movie's been over for three days and look at that. It's just all, <laughs> you know, you can leave that, right? Yeah. But they see that. They see a little thing that says, You've Steve left the yeah. chat. Cause you people have made him insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, Dan, it has been an hour. Dan, we've spoken for an hour. I like that. And we didn't really talk about D&D &D once. Uh, <laughs> that's probably for the best. D&D &D is really fun to do, but I feel like it's like dreams. Like describing it can't possibly be fun for anybody. Like I love it. It's, it's the best. I do too. And I'll have to come play with you guys soon. Um, so you... We'll do plugs now. You obviously you have nerd poker to plug. Yeah, I mean that's sort of like the best thing I can plug right now. I do stand up, but I'm I'm trying to trying to do stand up more often. So keep an eye on my Twitter feed for that. What's uh, your Twitter? Just Dan Telfer. It's like like T E L F E R. You're goddamn right. And then uh, I do have a Patreon of my own uh, for fiction. I'm trying to I I for years like when I went to college I was almost a fiction writing major no i have tons way. of little short stories so that's awesome i'm publishing one a week uh it's just patreon.com slash dan telfer and uh i've got like four or five pieces up right now nice some 50 pages um so check that out folks also where so where does nerd poker live right now uh, it's independent it's on libsyn you look it up on itunes google play uh you can look it up on libsyn uh but we have a patreon that's patreon.com slash nerd poker oh okay and for five bucks a month everybody gets the episode a day early nice uh and you get two bonus episodes a month where oh, they've got shit. guests coming in uh so check that out you guys it's uh i had fun when i was doing it with dan and brian and all those guys i'll you know yeah, come you're in, a movie star so. i'll come in and do guest work now and then um and you're also instagram and everything is all dan telfer yeah bro oh, although i'm telfer dan on twitch i play video games on twitch <sighs> someone else snagged dan what telfer. are you playing right now uh i'm reeling overwatch 
nice it's good not a first person shooter guy but it's superheroes and it's really creative so yeah. I, I like that and uh really in a persona 5 persona it's a, 5 it's a japanese role-playing game where you're like in an anime movie and it's like a hundred hours long oh shit and you're a high schooler and like there's demons attacking the high school it's so awesome it sounds right up my alley actually <laughs> it's really good you should watch like a five second video of it you'll immediately want to get it i have a twitch account i'll watch you play for uh hell yeah i'll check it out come on in uh and with that we're going to stop this recording and I'm going to give Dan a ride home. Hell yeah. Because I promised. <laughs> you regret it. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And Dan, thank you for playing. Thank you, Steve. Bye. Want entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply.